0: Hey guys, what's up? Welcome back to Make the Jump here from the BrickCityBlockade.com podcast network and sitting across from me. Oh man, I've been so excited. I've wanted to talk Star Wars with this guy for so long in person here in an episode from the podcast network. We've been talking on Twitter a lot about The Last Jedi and what it's like to be a Star Wars fan. It's Mr. Fabio himself. Fabio, how's it going? And thank you so much for coming on the Uh BrickCityBlockade.com podcast network.
1: It's it's great great to be here. I'm honored to be, uh, you know, in the uh, with B- Brick City Blacklight, and uh, I'm excited to you know talk about Star Wars and and just all things Star Wars.
0: Oh, awesome, awesome. Now, Fabio, I know you and I have been talking a ton on Twitter about the most recent film, The Last Jedi. A lot of the guys from the network have had their thoughts about it. However, I feel like it wouldn't be Star Wars if I didn't ask. What you thought of the Last Jedi? Because there's a lot to talk about with this film.
1: Definitely, and uh, actually, I came came back home from my fourth viewing in in, uh, in IMAX, Ooh. and uh, uh, man, I gotta tell you, I love this movie. You know, people have been you know nitpicking this movie and talking about all the little details, but man, after viewing it for the fourth time, it just hit me, you know, emotionally, uh, and in uh, you know, I I can't wait to. You know actually talk about all the little details i know there's a lot to talk about but you know i just i just picked the most important things that that really uh caught my eye so
0: yeah i mean i feel like ryan johnson fabio when it comes to the last jedi itself where there is the nitpicky stuff in the community about you know he brought us a very different star wars film than we were used to i'm curious to really hear your thoughts on ryan johnson's style to the star wars film because i felt like Throughout the entire thing I wasn't sold on it the first time, but after my second, third and fourth viewing I was like, wow, this guy knows how to give us a different twist on this galaxy far far away.
1: And uh, yeah, I agree with you. I think it was a different formula uh from what we used to, especially from, you know, the uh the uh, the original trilogy, but if you think about it, uh you know, George Lucas did the same thing with the the prequels. He had mm. a completely different formula uh, he had a different visuals and people just were just like, wow, this is Star Wars, but is it really Star Wars, especially w- with the Phantom Manus? Mm. It was, you know, like a prequel, so they had to do, you know, different ships, different different designs, and uh, the story was a little similar, but, you know, like I said, different formulas kind of scare people off for a, while, for a while, and then as you start watching it the first, second, third, fourth time, then you kind of start to get it but to me it was it was a new formula but it was also very connected to the original formula uh, and that is you know you know from from the actual title star wars i mean if you when mm. the movie first starts that's a, you know that's a, that's a you know battle in space and it was just amazing it was very fast-paced that really gave me goosebumps you know when the when uh, they were like dropping the bombs, mm-hmm. uh, that was that was one of the most intense scenes uh, I think about the uh, uh, of the movie. Uh, just just you know the the girl trying to you know hit the uh, uh, the ladder and then the little remote just falls down and then just you know she misses it and then she grabs it and I was like you know I couldn't even breathe. So
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean. Let me just say this too, and just to piggyback off of what you said, Fabio, that opening sequence to the film—maybe other than the whole Hux and Poe Dameron—you <laughs> and I talked about. I always say this: the conversations that happen before we go live are sometimes the best ones. And just that little bit of humor at the beginning of this film—it doesn't matter when you see it or or how many times you've seen it. It's it's funny throughout the entire film. You you just kind of go back to that that scene with poe saying i'm waiting for Hux," and just, <laughs> just that entire interaction is just fantastic but you know, i think you bring up a really great point yeah
1: yeah no i mean i just wanted to add to it i i, I love poe as a character he's the uh, you know the the cool guy he's not they, i think they wanted to make him a little bit of han solo but he's a little nicer on the nicer side and i like that, that he's just always making jokes that necessarily like like Star Wars, the, you know, the, the not as like the, the, you know, the, the Star Wars, the usual Star Wars humor with the droids, Uh, Ryan Johnson really used that a lot. uh, Just having these little funny jokes that were not like necessarily, you know, related to the Star Wars humor, but you know, it's a, it's a new thing. And I, and I love it. I was laughing the entire time. So the
0: humor in this film is placed in certain areas where I feel like the fans do get some some serious humor out of it. They're they're able to kind of take a step back from the darkness and, and the seriousness of moments and just kind of say, oh, you know, this is a nice little twist on uh, the moment and everything. So absolutely, I, I think that that's one thing that where some fans are saying, well, there might, you know, the humor is a little too much. I, I would actually say much like you that the humor is placed in areas where we can get out of it for a second and say, oh, this the, Star Wars always had humor in it and uh, Ryan Johnson was able to capture that perfectly at at certain points throughout and like you said before the resistance bomber piece was one of my favorite sequences just seeing you know when they call in the bombers and then you see that shot of them entering the screen that was just traditional star wars right there Mm -hmm. what george lucas captured with the original trilogy there were some times where i kind of took a step back and were like wow this is something that george probably would have done cinematically with this universe so I I can't agree anymore, Fabio. The other thing, too, that I think uh, is very important to the storyline of The Last Jedi is everything that happens with Finn and Rose. Um, Mm -hmm. There's there's a lot of development for Finn in, in The Last Jedi, more than actually I expected. And for you, Fabio, what did you think of the whole relationship between Finn and Rose in this? Because we know that, obviously kelly marie tran was absolutely excited about being in this movie
1: mm-hmm. and i honestly loved it uh, a lot of people kind of put that aside and just you know talk about luke or you know kylo and and ray but i honestly loved their uh, you know their story arc and uh how like this character uh, you know the the character of rose just come out of nowhere and became one of the you know iconic characters to me it's like you know she just uh she just fit in you know flawlessly and it's um i love the interaction between her and finn i mean i, I love finn um you know i love them you know since the force awakens and it's uh i feel like uh there uh, i know that a lot of people don't like you know the Canto by scene but i personally liked it uh it was uh it was a little bit uh it had a little bit of the uh you know the prequel style but again in my opinion i i loved it because i i like the prequels i like the style of the prequels it kind of reminded me of uh you know just like a a core sun scene you know where they will go to hmm. a, a you know a bar or they will go to the opera so it, to me it was uh it, it was a uh, it was very uh a, a very important part of the movie uh just because you know they were able to Ah, uh, get the code breaker, which uh, Benicio del Toro, amazing. He uh, he was not in, in the movie too much, but he he really uh, he really left the mark, and I hope I hope to see this character in the next movie because uh, I think he needs and needs more development. Uh, I was uh, I was a little disappointed by uh, um, you know still talking about uh, character development about Phasma. Uh, mm. I think that scene was amazing. But I wish we had a little more of Phasma, a little more development of that character. I think that was the only character that was kind of left out. Not really left out, but it didn't get, you know, uh, as much uh, development as, you know, Poe and Finn and even Rose. So,
0: You know, that's a really good point, Fabio. I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this. One of the conversations we've had here at the Podcast Network is Captain Phasma and the development of that character. Now, recently... We had the release of the Delia uh, S. Dawson novel about Phasma. And then we had a small run of the Phasma comic book.
1: The comic books. So uh-huh.
0: your thoughts on this specifically. A lot of Phasma content for a character, spoiler alert, that doesn't make it out to the end of this film. And we only see her thrown into a cr- trash compactor in The Force Awakens.
1: Well, you know what? Uh, actually, it was, she was supposed to be the new Boba Fett right mm-hmm. it, it kind of not really but if you think about boba fett and you know uh empire strikes back and then return of the jedi he he doesn't really get a lot of screen time i mean no, it's real. empire empire he's um you know he's he's with the other bounty hunters and then he um he collects you know uh han solo and then uh he's in this in a sarlacc pit and then he apparently dies we don't no, i mean i guess i don't know what the new canon is for boba fett but you know i can kind of connect her with uh, phasma even though she had a different story and also i still need to uh, read the book and read the comics uh that's uh that's on my definitely on my list there's so much so much material that i want to read it's just you know you you gotta pick one and just stick you know stick with it and then move on to the next one so i think i, I definitely want to you know, see the character development of Phasma outside the movies.
0: And Phasma is one of those characters that I agree with you. Phasma has been used very similar to how Boba Fett was used. And whether we see more and more of that character later on down the road, because I always say it, you don't put Gwendolyn Christie in a role if you don't have a plan for that <laughs> character somewhere else at some point, whether it's in a spinoff, whether it's an animated, whether who knows, Star Wars and Lucasfilm, and Disney always have a plan for what they're gonna do with these characters, whether they put them on the shelf, whether they're gonna use them at any point throughout. And I think that that's pretty much what we saw with that character development. And much like you, Fabio, and I'm sure you feel this way about it, Ray's development along with Kylo Ren, I feel like it, they kind of go hand in hand at times, not just because Snoke pairs them together through the force, but there's just so much development for specifically the character of Kylo Ren. And his relationship with Rey in The Last Jedi.
1: Wow, and uh, that's actually one of my favorite uh, parts of the movie, uh, of course, you know, the, the main characters. But my first opinion on, for example, um, Kylo Ren uh, in The Force Awakens, I thought he was a cool character, you know? I wasn't really too convinced with this character because it was like, oh, I want to be Darth Vader. Um, you know, I'm a little brat kind of <laughs> kind kind of character. Um, you know, it was a little shallow, uh, in my opinion, in The Force Awakens. Uh, there were some parts where it's like, oh, wow, he's a cool character. You know, he's got a, a cool design and all. But in this movie, he actually turned out to be one of my favorite characters. Uh, not only he's unbalanced, you know, how that's, that's how Snow calls him. You're unbalanced. But I can see a lot more of the light side than than Ray. Like I feel like Ray was in this movie was much more aggressive. Uh, she was uh, she leaned more towards the dark side than 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 he did. But you know he still remained the the bad guy. But if you look at him, if you look at his expression when he was uh, about to fire on uh, to the you know the rats the you know where Leia was at, mm. he hesitated and then what happened was that when the two TIE fighters actually, you know, shot the, uh, you know, destroyed the ship. He, I could, I could, I could see his expression. He was like really upset and like, like worried about his mother. So it's like, there was a lot of, you know, when I first watched the movie, I was like, maybe he's going to turn to the light side. Maybe Mm. there's actually going to be a swap because uh, Ray, when he, uh, when she was training with, uh, with Luke, she you know she went down to that pit and uh, and and she tried to find answers about her parents and she was really really close to the dark side so i i really loved their connection and then how Snoke was uh it, you know he said i did this i i made this connection but i feel like even though Snoke is dead apparently you know we'll talk about la- that later <laughs> i don't think he's dead Um, this connection will still remain and it's really strong. And I think we're going to see a final resolution uh, onto the, uh, you know, episode nine. So
0: you made such a great point, Fabio. Thank you so much, because I didn't even think about this until this moment, which is why we love doing these talks and having these conversations with people who are in the star Wars community and fans online and just people who bring unity to, to the community is that, And this is interesting because when you look at Kylo Ren, obviously there's that moment that you bring up where he's looking at the Raddus and his mother's there and he feels that connection. Somebody else takes the shots and then he feels worried and he feels like he's been taken away from his mother in that moment. However, Mm -hmm. he's touching upon the light side when doing that. He's touching upon traditionally light side tactics when thinking of mind ray however like luke says goes straight to the dark to try to find her answers Mm -hmm. so it's one of those fine lines with these two characters is that even though there's that moment after snoke is gone and like you said we'll talk more about it (laughs) where kylo ren pretends he's dark and ray pretends that she's light i feel like in that moment where he's trying to convince her i wonder if there's there's more of a pull to this that snoke truly wanted to touch upon between connecting them, that they're actually absolute opposites of what they project themselves as.
1: Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, actually, going back to Snoke, I feel like you know, who knows? Maybe this is, was just a test. Because right now, you know, Kylo is the Supreme Leader, and uh, you know they they, you know, he killed you know Snoke, and uh, he tried. tried to the only thing that he missed was you know having ray join him Mm -hmm. so he feels like he's the winner but maybe uh snoke is not actually dead and then he's gonna come back and he's gonna say oh okay so now i can see your you know your true self and what you 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 wanted to do in the first place and and -hmm. then maybe move you know forward with the story with that but uh, I I really love the uh, the you know the 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 duality of the of the characters. They're just going back and forth, and like a lot of the uh, I could see a lot of the prequels uh, with Anakin, uh, you know, Kylo Ren trying to have you know Ray join him as you know Anakin having trying to to get Padme to join him and you know build a new order or whatever. Yeah. But I feel like this uh, went in a different way because you know. Padman didn't have, wasn't she wasn't strong. She couldn't fight him. That was the only thing that uh, really got her killed. Uh, she failed him, and she couldn't do anything about it. But Rey, she has, she she has the Force, uh, you know, on her side, uh, and uh, and I feel like uh, eventually she might redeem him, or mm. she might turn to the dark side. And uh, who knows? You know, anything can happen at this point.
0: And there's that there's that absolute pull that, and and this is something that was never answered, which I think is going to play obviously into episode nine, because again, Fabio, you know, you just recently came out of seeing it again, right at the end of the film, it says executive producer, JJ Abrams. And uh-huh. obviously his, he knows exactly what's going on with this film and the ways that he can move it going forward. I'm wondering if a lot of the stuff with Snoke wasn't JJ Abrams oversaw that he didn't oversee some of that stuff because these directors work in unique ways with each other, similar to Ryan Johnson with The Force Awakens with JJ Abrams, where they probably threw back and forth ideas about how to close out the film and how to bring it back. Probably similar to how JJ Abrams is going to pick up where Ryan Johnson left off, I feel, because that's what these guys do. They and they do it flawlessly, I feel.
1: Yeah. And I feel like, you know, this is the different. You know, a lot of people were worried about uh, this new wave of approaching Star Wars movies where, you know, you have with George Lucas, he already knew beginning to end what was going to happen throughout the movies. You know, he will plan it out ahead. And, you know, this is episode one, two, three. This is the story. Uh, but with this one, it's like, OK, JJ Abrams is like, OK, I'm going to pick up what George Lucas did and then rebrand it you freshen it up and then just throw it out there. And then right at the end, which by the way, the final scene of the force awakens was my favorite of all time. Like mm-hmm. it, it, it gave me the chills and like, it was, it was so intense. And a lot of people were like, what, but why didn't he say anything? I'm like, that's the best part. It's just yes. seeing the expression. And then all of a sudden you, you start watching the force. Of, uh, sorry. The, um, the last Jedi. And then, Okay, okay, something cool is gonna happen. He's gonna be like, "I'm gonna train you," or like something cool, and then he just throws a lightsaber, and I was like, <laughs> I start cracking up. I'm like, "What happened?" And yeah. a lot of people were like, "Whoa, you know, wise looks, you know, so funny and and so grumpy." I'm like, you know, have you seen Yoda in Empire Strikes Back? I mean, oh. the the transition between Yoda from the Pequels and Yoda from the original trilogy is huge i mean uh, in the prequels he was never funny like he was always serious Mm -hmm. and then you see him like you know a little old little guy just making jokes and trying to steal food from luke i mean that's you know it 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 works so like i said going back to the formula it's a new formula that ryan johnson did but he's bringing back some of the these elements that nobody's noticing
0: yeah and he's doing it in ways that encapture the fans and and even though that the complaints are, well, this isn't the Star Wars we remember. Well, technically, it kind of is. <laughs> it's a very similar formula. It's just I feel like we've gotten to the point where it's like we look and we – and I've said this on countless occasions, Fabio. I know you know this too, is that sometimes we build up expectations way too high. We want questions answered. And Star Wars is one of those films where it may answer a couple of questions, but it's going to give you six more to run with heading into the next one because it's what it's what these films do, and it's what creates the conversations. Is is the cinematic approach that Ryan Johnson brought to the Last Jedi allows us to have more conversations until two thousand nineteen when we get some more answers, and it, it's just absolutely fantastic in the grand scheme of it.
1: And I I agree with it. I, I agree with you. And you know, a lot of times I I'm that type of guy that likes detail. Uh, you know, I really want to know everything about it. But sometimes I think as a, as I grew older, I feel like I I need to let go sometimes. Uh and and I think sometimes fans really need to understand that you have to let go and and just enjoy the movie. You know, just like how Obi-Wan told, you know, um young Luke, say, just let go of your conscious self. I think it was mm. that that was the right line. But you know, otherwise you will never understand the force. And that's the same thing with this movie. You, you have, that's why you have to watch it multiple times. The first time, you just, just, you know, just, just absorb it. And the second mm-hmm. time, just get, get all the details. And then the, the last time, I just, I just wanted to go there and see it one more time to just experience it, like, mm-hmm. you know, just emotionally. And that's when you really get it. So, um, and that's why I love this movie so much
0: there's a lot of emotion in this film and obviously Carrie Fisher herself that that's the one thing throughout the last Jedi they did not skimp on the Carrie Fisher and I think from wherever she is right now she's looking down on Ryan Johnson and, and is like nice you kept me in the film long enough I really appreciate that mm-hmm. uh, you, you Don said no she probably say something completely along the levels of of uh, of craziness however the way that she's used in this film is just truly Carrie Fisher and I have to admit the scene where she walks in after everything that happens uh, on the Radus, and she walks in with the white gown on and everything and the cane and and pose like Leia and she just stuns them I think that's just that is like, I and I laughed at that everybody else in the theater was other than of course the podcast network guys because because we kind of got it everybody else was like oh my goodness she did that but I'm kind of like nope that's I that's bet- her <laughs> I bet she told Ryan she wanted to do that in that in that scene. She wanted yeah. to knock Oscar Isaac right off his feet, so
1: yeah, or like smack him in the face and <laughs> get, get get your head out of your cockpit or something like that. And that was totally her. That was totally her. But you know why? Actually, it makes making me think about uh, that scene, and I think I don't know if this is was unintentional, but I, I'm sure not. The scene where Poe is like getting ready, and they're like opening up the the door just just you know blasting it open and then there's like all the smoke and then she comes out that's totally darth vader in a new hope (laughs) i I actually tweeted it and i said lady vader because that's how they uh call her in the in the uh, expanded universe Mm. Uh, but that was totally a lady vader moment it's like that's totally darth vader and i i kind of like that you know they, they they just throw it in there so i don't know if you noticed that but it was pretty cool.
0: Now that you mention it, and we just recently had an interview with Claudia Gray on our website, a little q and I, I, I kind of feel like that it kind of gave that level like what we see in in Bloodline and everything to the character of Leia that, you know, she is Vader's blood and that, mm-hmm. that she can kind of tap into that at times. And I feel like at that moment, you're right when the doors opened, you know, and it's funny. Even how the door exploded was so uh-huh. similar to a new hope, and now I think that- it was the same door. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, the structure of it and everything. So I wonder if if Ryan Johnson kind of knew the, some of the canon and knew the character of Leia enough to know her bloodline. No, no, no uh, puns intended, really. But just to kind of give that that moment, that kind of level of gravitas for that character. And oh, you're so right. Now I have to go back and watch that. There goes another <laughs> viewing. Of, of The Last Jedi for me. So Leia absolutely is fantastic in this film. I, I'm curious to hear your thoughts, Fabio, on the character of, of Holdo. I feel like Laura Dern, at first you're kind of like rooting against her because of Poe. But yes. after a while you come back around and you're like, wow, Laura Dern played a character that is just so believable and you can get behind in any moment.
1: Yeah, and uh, you know what, to be honest, uh, when I first heard of uh, about her character, and then, you know, when they posted the first pictures, I'm like, pink hair? Uh, or oh, whatever, you know, purple, yeah. whatever. I just, it just, she didn't f- quite fit towards universe as, as a character, like, visually, to me. Like, the first, that was my first impression. I'm like, okay. And then, mm-hmm. um, you know, as they introduced her, uh, and she was all snippy with the, uh, with Poe, I like their interaction and how like I thought she was like doing something bad you know she was uh, refilling the uh, uh, the fuels for for the transports and all mm-hmm. and I'm like why is she doing that and I was like a little mad at her and then I realized what she was doing and she was actually trying to help but she could I guess she couldn't tell Poe that they were you know going to crate which is kind of strange I'm like why wouldn't you tell him but then again, maybe they have like you know some history or mm-hmm. something. You know, they they just don't like each other. I, I guess I I can I can see that. You know, she's a uh, the leader, and he's a a very uh, a very excited person. He just wants to get to the you know cut to the chase and and you know make a mess with the uh, destroying the uh, the turrets and and trying to destroy the uh, uh, you know. I feel like uh, I I really like the character. I wish we had. I know that. Uh, she is in. Uh, let's see. One of the books. Help me out with that. I think. Yeah, it's in the later
0: right? Mm-hmm. Yes, she's mentioned. It. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, I gotta read that because I know that I heard that uh, she's got a lot more character development in the uh, in the book than uh, than the movie. And I think if i read the book before actually going to see the movie, I probably would have gotten more. I I feel like uh, I feel like it was um, she she was perfect. Uh, within a role within the movie, uh, she played a really important part, and also, I mean, one of the best scenes, visual scenes of the movie, when she just goes through light speed, oh, she jumps man. to light speed, and she destroys, you know, snow ship. That was something really cool that I actually liked from Rebels. I don't know if um, you remember it. I don't know if there was one episode or two episodes of the last se- uh, of season four uh, mm-hmm. where Hera actually jumps. Uh, she jumps through light speed and she goes through a a ship oh Uh, yes when she takes off through one of the um
0: uh what do they call those like a blockade yeah yeah Yeah. yeah. and she goes straight through it and through yeah it, it you're right
1: i thought that was pretty awesome but this one is even more epic because you know that's that's her uh that's she pretty much sacrificed her life uh for the rebellion I, and visually, I mean, that was amazing. I, I thought that was one of the coolest visual effects uh, of, uh, you know, of any movie. So I really hope that they get an Oscar for that because that was just like mind-blowing. So,
0: mm. And it's one of those things that I think amongst everything else that happens in The Last Jedi is going to be iconic to this film. Because the every time I watch this movie now and I see her starting to turn that ship, I'm like, I kind of have to prepare myself. For, for it coming now, you have to almost say, wow, this, this is a very critical moment for not just her character, but for the success of the resistance, which then becomes the rebellion again. That, that choice that she made was so crucial. And I, can't, and I never thought I'd be saying this. And let me know your thoughts on this, Fabio, is that Holdo is important and plays the, the most important role in the success of the rebellion going forward because of that moment
1: yeah i mean without her they would have been dead because yeah. uh you know ray was doing her thing you know they uh, uh finn was trying to get back I, I don't know if finn was back already i don't think so
0: no not just yet
1: no that was no, not just yet yeah i think that she, like i said she played a really small role but it was so important that you know it has to be recognized and also i want to add to the uh, the effect uh the you know the, the destruction effect, and like there was all silent, and then an explosion. That reminded me of episode two when Obi Wan. There was like a chase between Obi Wan and Jango Fat. Oh and yes, he, the detonators that he sent. Yes, out. and which I love, and I think that's that's probably the reason why I I love that scene so much is because yeah. of the, the the detonators, which are by the way I think they are on uh, Battlefront two. I still haven't gotten yeah. the chance to to play with the with that ship so yeah
0: no that's one of those uh things that again maybe is probably on a much larger scale obviously but kind of a callback to the prequels in that way and i think for star wars fans that's that's kind of a cool thing whether you like them or not it's something that ryan johnson was able to bring back and make his own little do his own little twist on it basically and give us something familiar about this galaxy far far away now fabio another thing I, we kind of tease this i i definitely want to talk about a little bit more about snoke because i feel like that that character we got to know a little bit more of him in terms of first of all andy circus in that role he 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 never ceases to amaze me with the characters that he does whether it's Gollum, uh, caesar are- yeah yeah caesar it's anytime you give him a character there were times even when i was watching it and i was like man i have to remember this is motion capture and this is mm-hmm. a lot of this is cgi it almost felt so real to me at moments and i think andy circus brought that out
1: and i agree with you i honestly i was a little worried about that when uh, uh while watching the force awakens because you we don't really get to see him as much and uh, with uh you, you know the uh, the hologram version of him it, i if i felt I felt like it was a little too fake. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I was a little worried to see him actually in person. I'm like, oh, man, it's going to be like a little dude. Or it's going to be a giant person. <laughs> but luckily, they made him like, you know, regular size. Uh, yeah. I think it's a little, he's a little taller than, than Kylo Ren. But, man, that was amazing. And uh, you know what? Even the, uh, the, the golden silk robe. First, I was like, this is funny. I mean, he looks like... <laughs> He just came out of bed, but <laughs> it fits. It fits perfectly, and it's actually pretty cool. Uh, that that could probably be a, you know, I like a, a potential cosplay for me because it's just so funny and it's so iconic. You know, it just became oh, so okay. iconic that you know you would just like look. If I dressed up like that, uh, you would definitely recognize the character. You know, and and this, mm-hmm. it would probably be even cheaper than getting a a, a full. For armor you know stormtrooper armor so <laughs> that's
0: a, that's a really great cosplay idea i'm sure that we'll see once the uh convention cycle starts around and i can guarantee you at star wars celebration 2019 i, I bet there's going to be a lot of snoke clas- cosplays along of course with kylo ren and a lot of different things we can't wait to see those if you're already working on a snoke one please send it to us because uh, i would just love to see the development of that costume so snoke was there obviously all right i we got to talk about the one pressing thing with the last jedi that everybody's talking about that happened in this film fabio i'm talking about the porgs
1: oh my gosh i love the porgs (laughs) what are your thoughts on them because i love the porks so much okay so i'll tell you this okay so when they first released the porgs i I was thinking like wow they, rem- they remind me of something mm-hmm. that I know. And the other day I was just walking around. I'm like, Oh, that's my cat. Like the <laughs> pork look like my cat. One of my cats is really, really fat and really chubby. <laughs> and like the face, you know, like there was that port that it was like kind of crying and like looking at, Yeah. Uh, Chew- you know, Chewbacca while like, he was trying to eat. And then, you know, he was uh, ma- ma- making like the little sad face yeah. it- that, expression looks exactly like my cat's oh wow and i was like that's awesome i gotta fight like i gotta find it time and like like i gotta find the perfect picture uh of my cat next to a pork and you <laughs> you will believe me it's it's so funny but i love the porks man like i thought i thought it there were it wasn't it was a good addition it wasn't too you know obstructive it wasn't like it, it didn't ruin this the the movie or it didn't ruin this uh the scenes uh they were in i actually thought they fit just perfectly because if you think about it when you have a movie uh so so big like you know when you're creating a new world a new universe you have to have all these little elements all these new creatures and without them it wouldn't be star wars you know, just like, um, you know, all, all the different creatures from the prequels, from the original trilogy, and yes, the Ewoks. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like they were just perfect. And it, it had a little, you know, they add a little bit of humor, but it, it that was actually a Star Wars humor. And mm-hmm. um, I think a lot of people may not understand this, but uh, I, I feel like I, I define Star Wars humor as uh, humor from droids, that where you don't really understand The droids but like putting it all together it just it's just funny just like uh you know that scene from uh the Force awakens and and bba when he just like does this uh, the thumbs up yeah that's that's a star that's star wars humor to It is. and uh actually i want to add to it and i'm going a little off tangent because i just like the humor part of it but i don't know if you remember this but uh when they're trying to uh okay so a uh, Finn, Rose, and uh, and and DJ—they're trying to infiltrate to the uh, uh, to Snoke's ship. They have BBA, but BBA is a, a BB unit that's not—it's—it's it's not part of the uh, the first order. So they had mm-hmm. to kind of camouflage him, and so they put they put a little box, a black box, over <laughs> him. And the funniest yeah. thing was that he was simulating the mouse droid sound, you know, like D-d-d-d-d-d-d. yes, he and it was so funny that's like the purest star wars humor like that's like that at the top of it so i thought that was hilarious and a lot of people probably thought that like i don't i did not hear anybody laughing at it i thought it was hilarious so
0: and that and that he would be able to pick up on that sound like like almost like it was registered as a <laughs> droid that, that that's what a mouse droid sounds like that's it's it's so cool and just for him, and then obviously the the, uh, the First Order BB unit there, he oh, looks so down when he notices the sound, and he, and he just kind of looks like, what, what's making that noise? Like <laughs> We haven't ah. heard one of those in years. Um, So it's kind of – yeah, you're right. It is Star Wars humor, and it's the subtle things that fans mm-hmm. can pick up on, whether it's your first viewing or if it's your 10th viewing. It doesn't matter because it, it just adds an extra level to the film. And just like you said, when it comes to humor, it just – It's something that we can all kind of call back to and say, oh, this is so cool that they just made this reference in there, even though it's within a small moment. So we have that, which I think is fantastic. And then obviously the big picture here is Luke Skywalker and his development in The Last Jedi. And you mentioned it earlier when he tosses the lightsaber over his shoulder. I love the subtle hints that they do, all the callbacks to luke in the original trilogy um especially when he sees r2 again that is one of my favorites and then he tells him that he's me you know that's a low blow dude <laughs> because he shows him the original um Leia-Hole- the message um, uh-huh help me obi-wan kenobi you're my only hope what did you think about that scene because that's that's one of the scenes one of the more emotional scenes for me that i really yes. actually needed some tissues for it
1: yes and actually uh that was actually one of my favorite scenes one of the most emotional scenes i i felt that a lot when i uh, went to see it this last time the fourth viewing you know what i feel like there's a lot to talk about Luke skywalker and one of the things that i want to touch upon is a lot of people said that's not my Luke, mm-hmm. but then i'm like but but yes it is uh it's just <laughs> that- it just it just uh not just uh I think a lot of people uh, are trying to associate Luke with uh, Return of the Jedi Luke. When Mm -hmm. he was at the top of the world, he was the legend. He said it during this movie. He said, for many years, there was balance. And I I was the legend. I was Luke Skywalker, the legend. So that is, all of it is true. However, what happened is that... He, uh, you know, he grabbed thirteen students, including Kylo Ren, or I mean, at that point Ben Solo, and he just wanted to pass on uh, his knowledge. And he thought he was invincible. You know, he was doing in in the you know the the perfect way, and he was doing the perfect. And actually, if you think about it, when um, he was trying to strike Ben down with the uh, you know, he was like trying to get into his uh, mind and he saw the dark side and then he tried uh, to strike him down. Mm-hmm. He said for a second, and that was like a little selfish moment that he'd regretted. He said, like, I saw what he was going to do and he was going to basically destroy everything that I worked for, uh, all my friends and mm-hmm. and basically destroy my life. And so that's when he tried to strike him down. But then he realized, I'm like, whoa, 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 what am I doing? Hmm. Me. And so that's the thing. Like, I feel like he realized that and he just wanted to not make the same mistake again, which was a mistake at the same time. (laughs) Uh, But uh, just him going to this uh, secret place and just going there to die, I don't think that's just it, Uh, first of all. Why would he go to a an island where, you know, you have that uh, sacred uh, tree with the sacred text? And, you know, and then also if you notice that uh, just like for like one second, you see a uh, compass. And that's mm-hmm. actually a compass from Battlefront 2. Mm-hmm. It's part of the story where he goes to Pileo. I think it's one of the planets from... Uh, And I don't want to spoil this. I'm sorry if I'm spoiling this. Uh, Sorry, guys, if I'm spoiling this, but it's been a while. So if you haven't haven't played the single player, uh, I feel sorry for you. (laughs) 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 Because it's amazing, by the way. It's amazing. It's an amazing story. But anyways, you know, he goes goes there to find answers. Mm -hmm. And he goes there to learn new ways of the force, such as the astral projection and just being able to, uh, really understand the the Jedi order. And that's why I think that's when he realized that the, the Jedi should, you know, it's time for the Jedi to end because of what happened in the past. You know, the Jedi let Darth Sidious rise to power. Darth Sidious, you know, destroyed the Jedi, destroyed the Republic. And mm-hmm. that was all partly, uh, you know, Yoda's fault and... Mace Windu's fault and the Jedi Order's fault. And also mm-hmm. with you know, the creation of Darth Vader. And he says it, it's, he's telling, you, looks, he's telling you the reason why this happened. But a lot mm-hmm. of people just want to deny him. Like, well, but he abandoned his friends. I'm like, he always does. I mean, like he goes mm-hmm. to train. Yeah. He's like, well, guys, sorry, I got to train, but you know, you, you guys do your battles. And then he feels bad. And it's like, well, I got to go. You know, it's it's a it's a. It's a I think he's like trying to fit two different roles, you know, the role mm-hmm. of the Jedi, and then the, uh, you know, uh, responsible for the Jedi Order because he's the last of the Jedi until the end, you know, because he passes on uh, that title to Rey, but also being able to help his friends, which in the end he did. Mm-hmm. He has to project He bite. Uh, he bought them time to leave. And then, as soon as Rey lifted the rocks, which that was funny, as she said, mm-hmm. lifting mm-hmm. rocks. And then he's like, okay, now I can be done. And so he saved his friends. He might even redeem Kylo Ren because he says, you're wrong kid. So he's going to be mm-hmm. there for him. And so I think he uh, uh, he's the most complete character that we've had in a long time. Because, you know, with, uh, with Anakin Skywalker, he dies on Mustafar, and then he comes yeah. back when when Luke saves him uh so it's like it's very it, I like that you know the arc of Luke farm boy Luke uh and you know uh force you know Jedi Ghost Luke is just a complete complete story so that's what I liked about it
0: there's a lot of progression with Luke Skywalker and it really just summarizes itself beautifully in The Last Jedi you're absolutely right Fabio He's, he's come 360 in terms mm-hmm. of where he started and what he's become. And I'm telling you, that whole scene with Luke, the tree, the text, and Yoda, <laughs> I thought that-
1: Oh my God.
0: That, that was another emotional scene for me when they're both sitting next to each other with the burning tree. I mean, for anybody who is a hardcore Star Wars fan or just a Star Wars fan alone and knows these films, that is iconic to me now with this film. Another iconic moment is Luke and Force Ghost Yoda sitting there watching the tree burn and and the significance that that has right there. That is where the Jedi end because you have the last living um, original uh, through mm-hmm. the Force Jedi and you have Yoda, the 900-year-old Jedi master, and you're watching a a, a basically a holy tree within the Force burn before their very eyes. And yeah. if you were to make a poster for The Last Jedi, if you were to do a fan one, I would say, boom, right there, take that shot and put the, the words The Last Jedi with the Star Wars logo right there and it would explain it perfectly. Because there's a, lot of, there's a lot of levity to that moment. I feel like Luke finally is able to come to grips with, you know what? The only way for things to work out, which is why Yoda says, failure is, is life's greatest lesson.
1: Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that so much. It's the same thing for Yoda. Life life showed
0: him something different. And he went through the failure of the Jedi Order in the Republic to finally come down and realize, you know what? There's a lot more to it than just the Force in the Jedi. There, there's, there's a certain aspect of connection that happens. And I think that was that moment for Yoda. And especially for Luke. Curious to hear your thoughts on this, Fabio. I think that that Yoda scene... Is so crucial to where Luke ends up here and where he's going forward.
1: You know, actually, what you just said was it just made me think about something. So you said that there's so much more. And I think Yoda really realized that, you know, during the prequels, he was on one side, right? Mm -hmm. He was on the light side. Mm -hmm. He was trying to be on the light side as much as possible. But then he realized that even then, he failed. He actually being on the light side, he helped the dark side rise to power, and so he realized that after you know a long time, and um, and I think now it was it it, it was a time for Luke Skywalker to really understand that there's so much more that uh, there's also uh, you know the, the greatest lesson of this movie, like you said, is failure is your greatest lesson, and I think that's like. little quote i don't know if uh, you're a fan of uh, the clone wars like a hardcore fan but you know every time you start uh, a new episode they have a little quote like a little lesson that's right i I felt like that was like what uh, one of the one of those quotes like if Mm -hmm. it was a if last jedi was a clone wars episode that will be the quote for the the first but yes i feel like there is and then also like a one of the quotes you know luke's quotes. It's time for the jedi to end he means for for the jedi order for what they did that that jedi order from the prequels to end and to start mm. to start something that's more balanced and i think a lot of people are like whoa 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 you know we can't have balance it has to be dark side or light side and then they fight each other but i was like that's mm. unnecessary and we see this in this movie where you know Kylo Ren and Rey are definitely not. They don't mention in dark side, light side, Sith, Jedi. It's like you know they 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 alternate these uh these uh these titles and then just trying to make it all blend in and um, you know make people understand that it's hey it's the balance. You know sometimes we are we do bad things, sometimes we do good things, but it's part of being being human in our case. But in the movie, it's just about the balance of the Force. So,
0: The traditional sense of the Force has been completely turned over on its head, I feel, with The Last Jedi. And it's one of those things. It's like throughout this entire film, we really only see two moments where lightsabers are truly used compared to a lot of the original trilogy where you did see prominence of lightsabers and obviously in the prequels you saw prominence focus on the lightsaber uh, with the Jedi I, and I said this before this film came out, Fabio on countless episodes and we've talked about it here at the podcast network and I'm, I'm going to be curious to hear your thoughts on this. I feel like star Wars and especially through rebels with the projection of, of, of Kane and Jairus, and the focus on the force more than the wielding of the lightsaber, and Rogue One, including the? the, Chur- the Chur- and, yeah, Chirrut, and the whole Guardians of the Wills, um, mm-hmm. which obviously we see in the Clone Wars, which is something that Dave Filoni loves to get into is the actual realism within the force. I feel like episode nine, and because of the last Jedi and what Ryan Johnson was able to do. The traditional sense of the force and what the Jedi are is moving towards that connection to nature, the connection to the living force more than just lightsabers. you know and I feel like that could be the T-shirt. The force is more than light swords. <laughs> you know uh-huh. It's something that encompasses the mind and the being of that who wields it. And as silly as it is, Broom Boy at the end of this film. Mm-hmm. Encompasses that perfectly when he force picks up the uh, broom at the very end.
1: Yeah. And uh, you know why? I actually, I, I'm trying to remember one of the scenes. Yeah. One of the last scenes where there was like an interaction, be- interaction between Ray and Leia. And, and Ray is all worried, like, oh, how are we going to rebuild the rebellion? How are we going to mm-hmm. build this new rebellion? And, and Leia just tells her, oh, we got everything we need. And then look at the lightsaber, it's broken but I think that's a symbol of just being like you don't really need a lightsaber to build a rebellion you know yeah. to build anything and uh, and also Luke when he said you know you think I'm just going to grab my laser sword and you know face <laughs> face the first order that's exactly what what the movie's telling you it's not about the object it's not about lifting rocks it's not about manipulating people's minds it's about understanding the force and respecting the force. And I feel like it's a, it's a life lesson uh, that could be related to other things in our world, such as respecting nature. You know, it's, I think it's, it's a, it's got all these messages. Uh, They're just telling you, you know, materialism is great, but it's not just that, you know, there's more, there's more than that.
0: Yeah. There's just so much more to understanding the the balance of the force or, what side of the force you're on. There's just more to that. There's, there's this extra level of well-being that can be explored, uh, whether you're dark side, whether you're light side, doesn't matter. It, there's a place that you can go to and that you can understand. Wow. There's just so much that the last Jedi did Fabio and any final thoughts on, on your viewing of the last Jedi more recently, anything that you came out feeling different than from the other viewings, or maybe you noticed something else.
1: I feel like, um, you know, a lot of people uh, got really emotional with the last scene where Luke just, you know, disappears and becomes part of the force. I feel like the first two viewings for me, I I feel like it was a lot uh, that I've experienced that when I got to that point, I was so tired uh, Mm -hmm. that I didn't really feel the emotion. But this Mm -hmm. time, this fourth viewing, I just, I was just like... It, you know in tears I was just like oh my gosh like it's really it really hit me now because I I finally understand Luke I finally understand what he's gone through and what he did and you know how he sacrificed himself for his friends and also a really sad thing that I noticed is that we're losing all the main characters we lost <laughs> Han we lost Luke and we lost Carrie Fisher so I don't think I think we're also gonna lose Leia so that's a really sad thing that I didn't, I noticed. And then, you know, that twin sun scene where he looks at the horizon. Oh. <laughs> that was just, yeah. you know, it, it, it's, it's something that it hit me even more because of, you know, the project that I've been working on. Uh, and, uh, mm. I don't know if, uh, you know, uh, the listeners are aware of this, but, uh, <laughs> my team and I have been working on this for a long time, uh, tattooing times. And I just want to touch upon this. Uh, uh, if uh, you know, if you this project started after I went to see uh, I went to a Star Wars celebration in Orlando, mm. and um, you know I, I've always been a huge Star Wars fan. Um, you know I'm actually originally from Italy, uh, so you know I was able to share that with uh, all my friends in Italy. Uh, but as soon as I moved here, uh, you know it took me a while to get you know, a new group of friends uh, and to become friends with uh, new people. Uh, so this Star Wars, the Star Wars connection kind of, it, it was very weak. But as soon as I went to Star Wars Celebration, I I gained that connection back and it was stronger than ever. And uh, just the energy and the emotion um, that I felt from that, uh, from that event, it was incredible. And after coming out of that, I'm like, I think I should start something. I wanna share my Star Wars love with other people, with the Star Wars community, let's start something. And so uh, my team and I came up with uh, Tatooine Times, which is gonna be a website that's gonna focus on, uh, you know, news reviews and collectibles. You know, it's, mm. it's the usual thing, but uh, with a twist, because we want to really focus on making this as fun as possible for the fans. From mm-hmm. Star Wars fans to the Star Wars community, and that's my message. I mean, I, I, I really wanted to uh, create a website that's gonna that's gonna be interactive. It's gonna be fun for the fans, and uh, and, and then also being able to get some feedback from the fans and you know hear their thoughts about about what we do. And I, I'm pretty sure that you know you've ex- you experienced that daily, you know, uh, with your mm-hmm. podcast. And uh, I think that's a beautiful thing, you know. Uh, just being able to to share that with uh, with the fans and being able to create something that you're proud of, and that that's that you know it, it just uh it's just exciting you know because uh, we live in the Star Wars um, we absorb so much Star Wars but we don't create enough Star Wars and I think it's time for for the fans to create more and that's you know if it, if you uh, uh, you know listeners want to check out uh, uh it's uh, we uh, create a landing page for now. Uh, that's going to become a full website in the next few months. We're working all, you know, all working hard on this. Uh, We've been working hard for a while. And, uh, uh, you know, it wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to do this. Uh, I wouldn't have been been able to do this without my, my team. So I want to thank my team, Uh, Dan Solo, uh, who's probably listening right now. He's a great collector. You can find him on Twitter and, uh, uh, he's been helping a lot with that, uh, not just the, with collectibles, but you know, coming up with ideas. Also, Fabien from Belgium. You know, I well, my team is from all over the place. You know, we have people from the UK, people from uh, Belgium, people from you know other parts of the US. But it's that's the fun part of it, being able to connect with other people. And also, uh, my friends uh, Richard in uh, Austin and uh, and Danny, and uh, you know, without them. I wouldn't have been able to do this. So thank you so much, and also thank you, you know, Brick City Blockade for uh, for doing this because it's uh, without this I wouldn't been able to I uh, wouldn't be able to share this uh, with the, the Star Wars community. So thank you so much.
0: Yeah, it's always a pleasure working with Tatooine Times. We look forward to everything that you will be doing in the near future i'm good friends with mr dan solo on twitter so (laughs) he and i will be going back and forth on some star wars i would love to have him on the show too just to keep the aspect of the community going here obviously fabio that's how we met it was through the unity in the community um that brought us together and uh here at the brickcityblockade.com podcast network we're always looking for the community aspect in Star Wars. It's what we thrive on. And I feel like it's what fans need right now, Fabio, with everything happening in the world and everything happening in the Star Wars community, where there is negativity, there is also positivity. And I think both of us through our projects try to tell the fans, you know what? You have an outlet to go to have fun and listen to positive people using positive language Talking about this galaxy far, far away.
1: Awesome, awesome, and you know, and that's that's the uh, the message. that really uh, connected me with the uh, Brick City Black A, the positivity aspect of it. And it's it's just amazing because some people take it for granted, but it's really important to keep the positivity up, and uh, and also being able to, you know, just be open, open to uh, the the fan community and uh, hear their thoughts, you know, like even with The with the, the Last Jedi, I, I talked to other people at work being like, oh, I really didn't like this movie. Uh, that's not my look. But instead of being like, oh, very defensive about it, I sat down with them and said, okay, let's talk. I want to I wanna know what you think about it. And, you know, who knows, maybe you can change my mind on certain aspects. I can change your mind on some aspects. But just being able to communicate that, is is really important because you know it, just just getting your own opinion and talking about it by yourself is not you know it, it's not gonna help you uh really understand so i think I think just being able to to talk to other people about it and also have fun while doing it uh yeah. that's that's priceless so
0: yeah having fun is the entire thing. Both here at Tatooine Times and BrickCityBlockade.com podcast network. It's all about fun and it's all about the discussions. Fabio, it's that time of the show we always like to do. It's a little thing called plug time here at the podcast network. Where can the good people find you across social media?
1: Okay, so I'm mostly on Twitter at Capital F A B, capital E L I, capital F L O W. I know it's kind of. Kind of a strange name, but it's basically my uh, first middle and last name, except for my last name is Fiori if in Italian and in English will be flowers because, you know, mm-hmm. that's what, what it translates to. So I came up with this uh, uh, this some sort of acronym. But yeah. And also, if you want to check out our website, uh, TatooineTimes.com, uh, also you can find us on Twitter at Tatooine underscore times and uh facebook Tatooine times and also if you have any questions specific questions about the site uh tattooing times at gmail.com
0: you guys can follow me over on twitter at mr vote tweets please make sure to head on over to instagram follow me at the official vote also please make sure to head on over to www.brickcityblockade.com for everything happening in a galaxy far far away also please make sure to head on over to iTunes, hit that subscribe button and rate the shows. That's what brings on people like Tatooine times and Mr. Fabio Fiori here into the discussions and to bring unity in the community wherever it is in a galaxy far, far away. Fabio, once again, thank you so much for coming on. We are so excited about Tatooine times. We'll be sharing out so much great stuff that you guys are doing over there. It's been an awesome chat.
1: It's been an honor for me. Thank you so much. And Thank you to Star Wars community. Uh I can't wait to, you know, share even more with uh, with the community and uh, and with Brick City Blockade.
0: Awesome. Thank you guys for listening here on Make the Jump here from the BrickCityBlockade.com podcast network. And as we always say, may the force be with you.
1: May the force be with you.
0: Always. Free